listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Welcome to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck and I'm joined by Dr. Glenn. Hello, everybody. Uh, with Easter just around the corner, we thought it was a good time to remind everybody about the dangers of um, chocolate. So we thought we'd have a bit of a discussion on that. Uh, just before we start, though, I just need to get through the formalities of just remind everybody that this is just general advice and it is general information. It may or not be, may or may not be suitable for your pet and the situation. So, if you ever do have any health concerns, please contact your veterinarian. Absolutely. And with all of that aside, let's get started. So, today we're going to talk about the potential dangers of chocolate. I mean, I know, I know, many people are probably sitting there going, "Oh, I've heard this before," and they think it's an old wives' tale because my dog ate an Easter egg and he was fine. But it actually is. Um, it's actually true. It, dang, chocolate is dangerous for dogs, yes, isn't it? absolutely. So, Glenn, what is it that actually makes the chocolate so dangerous, potentially life-threatening? Yep. So, chocolate is delicious, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate is uh, yeah, potentially harmful for dogs in particular when they eat some or a lot of it and, and they haven't got very good dietary control, basically, if um, <laughs> chocolate comes across their path or if they break into the cupboard and uh, access it or the box of Rosie's mm. chocolates or whatever it is sitting underneath the christmas tree or the easter stash um there's a couple of active ingredients in this caffeine in them um yep. and caffeine has a stimulant effect um and there's theobromines which mm-hmm. are a caffeine-like substance um which has a similar effect as well and dogs don't metabolize the theobromine um very well at all so it lasts longer in the system and can build up to high levels um regardless of of um how much they actually ingest uh, or take in it it has a, a, a more uh, toxic effect than it does in people, basically. So okay. uh, that's the main reason um, that it's toxic for dogs as opposed to people. Yes. Okay. So, but they'll just go happily and eat it because they actually like the taste of it, don't they? Yeah. Well, it's human food, yeah. and if it's got something to do with people, they'll yeah. have a crack at it. They think it's dogs good. being dogs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I know everyone's saying, "Oh, well, I've shared my Easter eggs. I've given them one piece of chocolate. I sit on the couch and they share chocolate with me every night, yep. and never have a problem. They never get sick." But it actually does depend on the type of chocolate, doesn't it? Because it's to do with the cocoa content of the chocolate. Correct. Is that right? Yes. So, I mean, the active um, toxin in there is the cocoa, yeah. basically. So, the higher concentration of cocoa in the chocolate, the higher the level of toxicity. So, so cooking um, chocolates are the worst? Cooking chocolates are the worst. Um, so, your boutique um, dark chocolates, oh, yeah. like 90% cacao chocolates yeah. and those sort of things. So, the, the more bitter um, and the more um, strength there is to the chocolate, basically, the, the higher the level or potential level of toxicity. Yeah. Yes. And, um, again, and dogs being dogs, really bitter chocolate doesn't seem to slow them down. If they think <laughs> they've got access to it, they're going to shove it in as fast as they yep. can before mum or dad can take it off them. Yeah, yep. they do that. <laughs> and I guess also, well, it clearly all depends on how much they eat, yep. but also the size. I mean, a little tiny little chihuahua can't eat as much as a Great Dane. Can't, <laughs> um, but it's it's all relative as far as, you know, access, you know, for the amount that a Great Dane would have to eat um, to get access to that amount um, uh-huh. is more difficult than a little Jack Russell or a Chihuahua or something like that. You know, can stumble across or break into the pantry and get the a block of cooking block of cooking chocolate or yep. or you know, Easter eggs and, and that sort of things. The the most common problem. Yeah, I've got one little one in 
um, at you the moment do. with toxicity, unfortunately, of little bugger. Cute. Yes, but very cute. And raided mum's big Easter bunny um, out of the bedroom while she wasn't looking. Ate and, the whole um, thing. Ate didn't the whole he? lot, and there was a little bit of foil left over. <laughs> I haven't seen the foil. He, he <laughs> must have eaten around that because, <laughs> yes, we treated him um, successfully thus far, and he's going pretty well. But yeah, he, he certainly had um, toxicity symptoms. Yeah. Yep. So. We've got – so are the littler dogs, those little chihuahuas or even medium-sized dogs, are they more commonly affected because they just can't – they can't tolerate the same amount? Like Yeah, more commonly affected because they can get to a potentially toxic so, dose as far as the you know, milligrams per kilo yes. becoming a toxic dose. They've just got um, easier access to a toxic amount for their body size. That's so right. a great day would have to eat a like, truckload, That's literally. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, a 50-kilo dog's got to eat 10 times the amount that a 5-kilo yes. dog it has to, to get – the same toxic effect. That's right. So working that out though for us laymen might yeah. be a bit hard though, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, you're not uh, going to know. You're, so. not, you're not going to know. And I mean, if they've had exposure to chocolate, you've got to assume basically that it, it could be toxic potentially. Yep. Um, I mean, a small, you know, chocolate drop um, mm-hmm. of milk chocolate. I mean, that's unlikely to cause any troubles, yep. but um, I mean, there's little um, chocolate toxicity calculators out there yes. um, on the internet that you can um, punch in your numbers of how much you guesstimate that they've eaten yep. and that sometimes that's not necessarily known either. Realis- yes, that's realistically, the other part. yeah. I mean, realistically, if they've had exposure and you don't really know, I mean, did they eat? You know, how much of the chocolate was there? Yep. Did, did was the um, block of cooking chocolate half um, used yes. already, or was it not? And and was there two dogs involved? <laughs> and did they split it evenly between them, or did, <laughs> did one of them get the lot? Um, you know, all those variables yes. are difficult unless you actually wished, witnessed them eating it or, or someone gave it to them. You're not mm. going to know necessarily, and, and you've got to assume the worst because the the toxic symptoms can take um, hours to like six to 12 hours to, to take effect. So um, it's normally like a few, quite a few, like four hours or something after, be, yeah. yeah. I mean, it depends on the dose. I mean, yep. the, the more they've taken in, the more likely to, to show symptoms quicker sort yep. of thing. But just because they're fine two hours later definitely doesn't mean that they're going to be fine and they're not okay. going to show any so ill effects. So they can start showing up like 48 hours later no, or not 24? I mean, six to 12 hours at least, uh-huh. yeah, and, the, and like to start showing symptoms and then the symptoms can certainly last for a couple of days okay. um, depending on their um, on how much they've got in the system. Yeah. So what are those symptoms that we need to be looking out for? Yeah, so it's it's basically the the stimulation, the toxic effects. Um, so it makes them sort of hyper, like well, hyper, yeah. So hyper as in their muscles start firing uh-huh. off, so it causes um, heart palpitations. So the yep. heart goes really fast. Occasionally, it goes slow. Um, we can have uh-huh. arrhythmias. Um, they can have um, muscle excitation, so little tremors, tremors that yep. become seizures, um, and they can have um, neuro- just neurological effects where it starts to affect their central nervous system. I mean, sometimes vomiting, sometimes diarrhea. Potentially, that's um, like the nerve. Um, toxin effect and sometimes it's just I've got a big belly full of chocolate um, yeah. and all the fat and sugar that goes on uh, with yes. it sometimes. Yeah, because there's all that as well. Right. It's yeah. not great for um, them. And uh, I mean if it's milk chocolate and they've had a bucket load of it and you've got to sort of take into account gastrointestinal upset and yep. pancreatitis and those sort of potential um, non-chocolate related toxic effects mm-hmm. as well. Um, some cases it causes um, bloody urine, um, okay. usually increases their thirst because it's a diuretic effect, like caffeine okay. um, has a diuretic yep. effect and, and the theobromine has the same thing. So they're yep. peeing more and that can lead to electrolyte disturbances and imbalances and 
dehydration. And, so then they urinate more? They drink more? tend to urinate yep. more, yeah, um, unless they're urinating more and not drinking more because they're feeling sick or uh-huh. throwing up or whatever. Yep. Um, so that's sort of the main list of toxic problems and then obviously complications from all those things like uh, aspiration pneumonia from, from oh, lots from of vomiting or electrolyte disturbances causing congestion on the lungs okay. um, and, and um, heart troubles, particularly in older dogs if they've already uh-huh. got pre-existing heart troubles, well, that makes it more likely that, that the, um, the cardiac effects will be worse yep. um, and the muscle excitation sort of things, if they're having tremors or becoming seizures, well, then it's hypothermia and, and elevated um, body temperature uh, okay. and, and the damage that, that hypothermia causes. That comes with that. Yeah, so okay. it's, it's pretty pretty complicated. Yeah, there seems yeah. to be a lot that actually goes on. It really does affect the body. That's right. Yeah, no, it's pretty nasty stuff. Yeah. So, and of course, on the other side of that, like we're talking, um, they dogs tend to just eat the whole thing. They'll eat, they can eat the packaging, they can eat the alfoil around yeah. it. So. Those things in themselves have got another list of problems that it could cause with potential blockages or Yeah, potentially. I mean I suppose most of your alfoil and plastic wrappers probably get passed through. They're not that big and they I've seen some very um, multicolored poos. Yeah, leave some presents vom- for you. Vomits before. Yep. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, foreign body ingestion's always a potential problem, but I suppose the packaging um, doesn't tend to be that robust and they're, yes. they're usually just chewing it up and eating it as fast as they can, so it's probably um, broken down a little okay. bit sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. There's always something else to look out for. Yes. <laughs> so uh, like your little one you've got in at the moment um, and any other case, how do you treat them? Because it's a lot of things to take into consideration a long time of love symptoms showing up it is um so i mean basically i mean it depends a little bit on how they're presented to you okay. as in if they've um just been um busted in the act of eating it or mm-hmm. well, the chocolate's disappeared and the dog looks normal yep. um but you assume the dog's got it well okay, okay that's um a different scenario to if they're already showing you know significant signs, clinical yep. symptoms sort of thing so obviously if they um have just eaten it um and you know they've eaten or you suspect they've eaten it uh inducing vomiting if they're conscious okay. and, and able to you know um have Do their full faculties basically that yep. um reduces the the absorption of uh-huh. any of the toxin that's there um, and sometimes that can be quite spectacular when they start throwing up uh-huh. lots and lots of I saw pictures of Glenn's one that's yeah. been in the clinic. It, um, there's a and, lot comes and, up. And sometimes there's a, a thought that, you know, oh, I might have only got a little bit or uh-huh. something and then they throw up you know, a lot of chocolate <laughs> and then obviously becomes more obvious that they, they snaffled the whole lot yep. sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, certainly reducing the amount of toxin absorption uh-huh. um, is the first priority if they're um, healthy. Yep. Um, so we can do that a couple of different ways ways to induce vomiting uh-huh. safely um, and once that's happened um, assuming again they're still conscious and, and coherent um, getting some uh, charcoal activated charcoal yep. into them in some way shape or form to tab- tabular some capture form yeah just because the, the vomiting uh, induction cleans out the stomach and maybe the very top of the um, small intestine yep. that they sort of reach down in there and get some bile out and, and, yep. and feel very queasy um, but anything that's passed there you need to uh, minimise absorption as much as possible yep. and, and the only really way to do that is, is activated charcoal. So um, that's not usually very pleasant for them uh-huh. to, to eat that after they've just been throwing up but it's, yeah. it's a necessary evil. Yeah. Um, if they are already presenting with signs, uh-huh. it, again it depends on what symptoms in particular they're showing but you do see them sometimes where the first symptom is the tremors and muscle uh-huh. excitation and just agitation yep. um, sort of as, as the presenting signs. So then are they – 
in a good state to then induce vomiting or do you mm-hmm. um, anesthetise them as a treatment for the twitches and, and seizures? Because oh, okay. you can give them um, sedatives, a couple of different medications, yep. Valium and, and um, other to medications calm sort of to down. calm them and, and reduce the seizure side yep. of things. Um, and then do you take them to general anaesthetic and um, oh, okay. lavage, like stomach flush them basically oh, okay. and, yep. and get rid of the toxin as much as Which possible is, that yeah. way and then stick some activated charcoal directly into their stomach to, um, to work its way through. Uh, and monitoring with cardiac monitors basically okay. to see what their heart rate's up to. Are they yep. going a lot faster than they should be, which is the most common, um, yep. but sometimes slower than they should be. Uh, and sometimes arrhythmias and there's different medications to treat the different cardiac okay. complications. Um, intravenous. So do you just uh, you treat by inducing the vomiting and then do you just sit and wait? To see if any other symptoms happen or do you, is there something you should yeah, do put, in the meantime? put them on high-dose IV fluids yep. um, to flush things through yep. for renal support and, and kidneys is, is where the, um, the drug gets metabolised through yep. primarily. So uh, you can increase the um, the rate of excretion um, by bumping up their fluid yep. intake. So um, to move things through intravenously. Yeah. Yep. Um, and from there, it's mostly supportive care. depends on their symptoms. If, they're, yep. if they start vomiting or keep vomiting or it's vomiting suppression, um, yeah, cardiac monitoring and, and treating the cardiac sort of things, treating C or tremors if they occur mm-hmm. and um, and really support um, their symptoms until it's passed out of the system, which depending on dose um, you know, might be 6 hours or 12 hours or 24 hours or 48 hours okay. or occasionally you know, 72 hours, yeah, that sort of time frame. So they're in hospital for a, in hospital a bit until, of a length of time. Until they're up and about and their urine's you know, maintained as normal or returns to normal if they've okay. had bleeding um, into, their, into their urine um, and they haven't got any gastrointestinal symptoms okay. yeah, and, and no um, heart or, or muscle symptoms. Yep. Yep. Is it something that flares up, then settles down, and then you might get another flirt, or do you? No, it tends to be fairly stable. Um, like sort of gets to a peak like, and then stays at a peak for you know, a variable uh-huh. amount of time, depending on dose, and then they continue to get better as a rule, um, unless they've got complications like the you know the, the lung things. side of things yep. or or um, a gastrointestinal upset, um, just from from um, just the amount of yeah. fat, fat and sugar. The pancreatitis side of things can be a bit complicated sometimes. Yeah. So normally, if they Recover from the toxicity, okay. Yep. Then that's the end of it. We- that, that should be. There shouldn't yep. be any long-term consequences yep. unless they've had um, yeah, secondary complications uh-huh. that, that have got their own consequences. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, they they should yeah go back to normal and not have any long-term adverse effects. That's for sure. Okay. So. 72 hours, you're normally seeing them out of the woods? Yeah, or even less. Um, yep. I mean, it depends on, on, the amount. On, on the amount of presentation, okay. really, yeah. But, I mean, there's not many you're in for a couple of days. That's, that's pretty bad if they are. So what uh, – because obviously it's, it is really dangerous. They can really – they Absolutely. can die from yep. this. That's not um, – is it normally – like you said, the heart rate goes normally goes quite high. Is that the normal cause of the problem of the actual death? Is yeah, if, if they're going to die, it's it's hypothermia or, yeah. or straightforward heart failure, failure as yeah. a rule. Yeah, and, and I mean, often complicated by um, little old dogs with heart troubles already existing, um, already things. existing. Yeah, um, and 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 that makes their likelihood of of you know nasty basically consequences worse. Basically, heart attack. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's definitely definitely a risk at it, and it's not a pretty thing to have oh, no. to treat either. It's, it's very uncomfortable for the poor little bugger. So, yeah, I mean, if if in doubt and you're not really sure, you've got to assume that they have eaten it um, because if you <laughs> wait until they're showing that range of symptoms, um, it's not too late, but it's not you're starting a fair way behind the eight ball as far as um, treatment goes, that's for sure. So if someone comes in and says to you, oh, my dog just ate like a little Easter egg or something, would you automatically go to the vomiting or would you – it's sort of a hard case by case. Yeah. It depends on the size of the dog and the and the um, 
insistence of the owner that is that all they got? You yes. Know? And sometimes you've got to ask the same question five times um, to yes. get the final correct answer sort of yes. thing. Um, so, yeah, it, it's difficult. So, because it, it is very hard. So, that's where these calculators, I guess, come in handy to give you an idea. They come in handy. And I mean, I suppose it's if it comes up as a you know, small to moderate risk, it's get to your vet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so. I mean, if, it, if it's if it's minimal risk and no risk, I mean, yeah, you know, five grams of milk chocolate, like a small section of a, you know. Like one square. Larger, yeah. It's very unlikely to cause any troubles. Um, yes. You can never say it never is going to cause any troubles. But so, it's still very unlikely. Yep. Um, but if there's any indication, of, I mean, if there's dark chocolate involved at all, basically, I mean, I'd. Any dark as, cooking. Assume, assume it's yeah. Bad. Yeah, yeah so just get them into it. Just, um, yeah, treat them as, as potentially um, troublesome. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's a very hard call, that one. Cause yeah, it is. People yeah, think, yeah. oh, I always share it, so it's yeah. not going to do any damage, but it really can. Yeah. And if they've done it on the sly and you don't know about it. That's right, and, and it is dose-dependent. Yeah. So, you know, did three people on the same day give the same dog the same thing? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> or, of course. Or, and you know, coming into Easter, that can right. happen, I mean, can't it? And kids. This is a bad time of year as sure. far as access goes, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, it certainly now, makes it now, a bit easier. Now on Christmas, yeah. Yes, yeah, of yeah. course. So we do have um, a blog on our Vet and Pet site, on our Vet and Pet blog about chocolate toxicity and it does have a bit more detail of the exact calculations, I guess. But as Glenn said, if you think they've got any, really don't sit around and wait for signs. If you're sure they've had even a little bit, get them in. Contact your healthcare professional and and go from there, basically. Yeah, Yeah. it's just safe. Better to be safe than sorry because the sooner you can get that vomiting and get it all up, the better outcome, obviously. And... Of course, look for your little dogs as well. They're yeah. more likely to have issues, I Correct. guess. Yeah. So. And, and especially when there's multiple dogs involved because I've seen that quite a lot. Like, you know, they'll have three dogs inside and someone goes outside and then comes back in and there's three oh, yeah. guilty-looking dogs and um, and the chocolate's disappeared and you don't know which one's which and, um, and rather than waiting for all of them to maybe show symptoms or not. I mean, you can oh. induce vomiting in the mall and then find out, okay, who was the culprit or yes. was it only one? So you don't have to worry about one of them. And, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it's complicated. But if, complicated. If, if in doubt or if they've had exposure, I think you should get them checked out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's the main point we have to take from this basically yeah. is, number one, stop sharing your chocolate with your dog. Yes. <laughs> Lots of other options out there for yeah. um, treats for dogs. Find them something chocolate. else. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I know it's nice to share, but keep it for yourself. Yeah. Then, of course, we need to make sure that the Easter Bunny isn't hiding any Easter eggs at a level that your dog can reach. Yes. Or lock your dog outside at least or something (laughs) (laughs) because I know my certain Dalmatian used to love following the Easter Bunny around and trying to get any Easter eggs she could get her hands on. Absolutely, yes. The Easter Bunny stash needs to be on a high shelf well out out of the way. And hide them on Sunday morning. The kids will have to get a stool to find them, but (laughs) it's just the way it's going to have to be if you want to keep Pooch healthy. So – Oh, really? I think that's basically covered everything there. So just once again, reiterate that if you think they've had any chocolate, get in touch with your vet and go from there. Check out our blog and that'll give you some more um, symptoms, the list of symptoms and some more ways to help calculate if it is toxic. But certainly get them to the vet if you've got any questions. Absolutely. And... Well, thanks for joining us and just um, please get in touch if there's anything else you would like to hear us chat about. Uh, you can shoot through an email to the Vet and Pet Direct team at support at vetandpetdirect.com.au yep. and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to cover some other topics if you're interested. Absolutely, but, and enjoy your Easter. Yes, happy Easter, everyone. Stay yep. safe. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye. Bye.